Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. College Soccer Nation is on October 11th. We are hot in the middle of the season. Everybody's playing games left and right. My name is Matt Mott, head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. They call me Motty. I'm going to bring in Chris Petroselli, head coach of the SMU Mustangs. They call him Rico. Rico, here we are tonight. College Soccer Nation is live. Here we go, Matt. Here we go. We got a big <laughs> show planned. Great guests. Power Five lined up. Great discussion. And my favorite segment, which is just shut up, Matt. <laughs> Tell Matt to shut up. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so, guest, I have to say, Chris, we've done this for 43 episodes, I believe. This is number 43. This is, without question, will be my favorite guest so far. And I, we've even had my wife on here, right? We've had my wife, your wife. Yeah. This one will be more my favorite. C.C. Kaiser, the, the uh, former... Gonna, the picker's going to be upset with you. The going to be upset with you. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. C.C. Kaiser, the Louisville Racing... Uh, superstar, uh, former Ole Miss Rebel, will join us here in a little bit. We're looking forward to talking to her, our first and uh, current NWSL player to have on. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that should be great. I'm looking forward to that. I've got some. I got some questions. I, I got to get deep into into uh, the Matt modisms. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure it's great. And now she's had you know she's had a ton of coaches now, so I feel like I'm All dropping right. down very quickly. Finally, she's had um, some good ones. Yeah. Yes, Power Five is – you tell me what the Power Five is and why, Chris. Well, since uh, my team played yesterday afternoon, so we finished about 24 hours ago uh, a game here in, in at South Florida in Tampa. And we're still in Tampa. Um, ah. And we'll be until tomorrow because our, our flights were canceled. So as I was looking out my window from the hotel, I saw the airport, and I thought, <laughs> Power Five – Best airport. There we go. There we Number go. Airports. Uh, awesome. Um, no, I think that'll be a fun one. I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with my five. I think I got a good five. Right. Good five airports. Uh, but good game so for yesterday. About, uh, oh, tell me about your uh, your weekend. Pretty big week. We had a fantastic week, Chris. You, you're not. You're not bringing me down today. I don't care how many times you tell me to shut up. <laughs> you're not bringing me down. We had a. A great week for Ole Miss. Um, start off with a win on Thursday night against South Carolina. You know, you look at South Carolina over the last five or six years, they have won the league or certainly finished first or second, won the East, you know, been big-time trips into the NCAA tournament, a team that I really respect. I think Jamie and Shelley do a wonderful job down there. So we were able to beat them 2-1 at home, and then we had to get on a plane and fly to a college station to take on the Aggies. Now they're obviously very difficult team and we beat them yesterday two nothing with a gale force win going straight down the field we battled for the first half against it and then had it in the second half got us two goals and left college station on a, a very happy play we did get home last night we were able to fly home and uh, we had a very happy plane on the way home that's for sure so good weekend you can't bring me down today yeah well i'm gonna ask i got a question for you yeah how uh, how is it that the Ole Miss Rebels are not ranked in the top 25 in any poll, including the poll where you're the chairman of it? <laughs> well, we'll see. That one comes out tomorrow, right? But okay. uh, so far, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do have to tell you something that happened at the game. 
that, you know, you know me, I'm not afraid to joke on myself. So we are lining up for the, uh, for the, they're, they're lined up for the national anthem, you know, and it's a big old hoopla at college station. You know, they do all yeah. kinds of stuff and nothing is, uh, nothing is quick or easy. So they're yeah. doing the, doing the announcements and they announce our team first and everybody, you know, the international, you know, walkout inter- introduction. So they start to do the A&M group. Right. And so I go over and I go to, uh, sit down on the chair. Chris. Yeah. And I, I go to sit and I sit on the chair and it smashes and I go tumbling to the ground. Now I have video of this. If anybody college soccer nation, if you'd like to see it, just uh, email me. I'll I'd be happy it. to send it to you. Let me but see here's, if you can get it up on the webpage. I'll see. You. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. It didn't like, like start to break and then break. It went straight to the ground. It's like, I didn't even sit on anything. I literally just went back and just went to the ground. Um, and my whole team's watching. Right. But I'm looking, I'm like, are they laughing? Are they doing it? Are they saying anything? Both teams to see it, right? But yeah, both for sure. For sure. So, um, the, you know, there's the benches right behind the, the, the people right behind the bench. They're laughing. Anybody say anything? I mean, Georgia just tried to help me, tried to help get me up. But I didn't, I didn't actually get up okay. But the little lady, the girl at the scores table goes, yeah, that's the that's the chair that the coach threw against the wall last time and broke. Oh. Now, why on earth would they put that out there for me to sit in, number one? That's true. And well, you know who the coach was before? The chair against the wall. Yeah, you know who the coach, right. You know who the coach was before me? Well, oh. they played Tennessee. Oh. So I, after the game, I text Brian Bensky. I said, hey, man. You killed me with your chair. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, Oh, it wasn't him. It was his assistant, John Morgan. But I'm like, it's, I I said, why did you throw a chair? You won three, one. Like at what point did you need to throw the chair? But anyway, so that was a high comedy. If you'd like to see it, we'll put it out there. Uh, Yeah. It was something, but happy to win. You know, you know, Chris, as we've said, very difficult place to win. So for our team to, to gut out a win in that conditions, well, I was really happy with them. How about you guys? We uh, we lost on uh, Thursday to a good Houston team, uh, Brian Sleeper team. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then we turned around and won on on Sunday against um, at USF, who's a who's a good team as well. One one of the things that that's standing out to me um, is, you know, when you play people, really makes a difference. You know, things like who's available, who's not available. Yeah. Um, how the team did maybe the game before yours, we played USF coming off an overtime win against UCF. They're a big rival. And I guess it's a whole mm-hmm. big deal when they play each other and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, you knew they were going to have a letdown and, 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 and they did. And I think, you know, um, it just, it matters. It matters for, you know, when you play people and, and, and all of those circumstances around it. Oh, absolutely. No, a good win too, but I, I totally agree. But, you know, I think deserved when the bits I watched of your game, I thought you deserved it. I thought you guys were very good. Scored two good goals. Two good and goals. now he- headed home to Dallas. Well, I headed home to Dallas. Yeah, but at some well, point, we'll get there back. Maybe <laughs> back in Dallas. Yeah. All right, let's move on. It's uh, yeah. it's time to get into segment two. We're really spent a lot of time in these now, and I think it's been fun. And as there's more games, it's just like the RPI, more data, more information, right? Yeah. Um, so we're getting more and more into the leagues and everybody's in league play and it's fun. So let's, uh, let's bring in the big deal coming off a, uh, a nice overtime win for him against UAB. 
uh, the head coach of the Rice Owls, Brian Lee, joins us. Big deal. Brian, how are you tonight? Well, I'm, I'm doing well. Overall, it was a good weekend for the podcast people, wasn't it? It yeah. was. It was. Another win for Rice. Yeah, That's overtime. Right. Thriller. Thriller. A thriller. thriller. They're all thrillers. We're on year yeah. and a half of just thriller after thriller. <laughs> the, uh, I did like Chris's point there on when you play these teams. Mm-hmm. You know, when you play an 18-game schedule, it's already a small sample, and we're all trying to accomplish some things, win conference championships, make the NCAAs. And from the outside looking in, people might not see, you know, the impact of when you play a team, what they did just before they played you, who might be missing for a game or two. Yeah. yeah. Do you hit them when, say, you know, a team's got an international kid? We played UAB on Friday. Well, they have an excellent forward who missed like two weeks while she was over in Europe playing World Cup fires mm-hmm. and then struggled a bit while she was gone. So, <laughs> You know, they're a little different two weeks later when she's, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but that's college soccer. It matters. Absolutely. It matters. Absolutely. All right, here we go, Brian. Some big results. Um, I tried to lim- limit them here a little bit um, because there's a lot of them now, you know, as we get in the, in the middle of these uh, conference conference seasons. But let me give a throw a, a few out there for you. Um, Rutgers four, Michigan one. Uh, Kansas comes back to life and beats uh, Butler two to one. No, no. Baylor, Baylor, oh, not Baylor. Butler. I'm sorry, Baylor. Did, I think they also beat West Virginia as well. They did. Um, they did. Yeah. Uh, South Florida. We talk about South Florida. South Florida with the win against UCF two to one. Uh, a little bit of a surprise. Utah with a tie with UCLA. We talked um, last week about sort of maybe the conference decider and conference USA. Uh, Old Dominion one, Western Kentucky zero, and Sanford with a huge, big win against Furman four zero, just about clinching the league for them. And then uh, Tennessee beating South Carolina, um, that, that that's one nil. And Matt, does that put Tennessee in control of of the East? I believe it does. Yeah, I believe yeah. it does. Yeah. What do you think of those, Brian? Well, and there's a lot of different things going on there. You know, I really like the Kansas story this weekend where they brought their season back to life. We all rate Mark early season. They looked pretty good. And I think they were had come off five straight losses. And we all know yeah. how that is to manage a college team in any sport that's lost five in a row fairly late in the season. Good luck with that because nobody throws in the towel like college kids at major. <laughs> um, so impressive job by Mark uh, to turn around with two great wins and kind of they're still a game or two below 500 start to get themselves back in the NCAA tournament mix just a little bit if they can finish strong. Yeah, they, they, they really did uh, turn it around there. I, I think we, a lot of people had written them off and we had, uh, you know, high expectations for them early in the year and then uh, yeah. it dropped off, but I think they, they got a shot at it for sure. Um, well, and the other yeah. one for me is Rutgers with, you know, Matt had a point earlier in the year about who's Rutgers well, they're looking like Rutgers is the Big Ten champs. Yeah. It's looking yeah. like they kind of got a stranglehold on this. Yeah. I kind of feel like I know who they are now. Yeah, good. <laughs> Recognize <laughs> them. <laughs> maybe they heard you on the podcast. Yeah, maybe they, so. They might have a big picture of Matt Mott. Tell this guy who you are. <laughs> Show him who you are. <laughs> hey, what about this, uh, this Utah-UCLA score? Utah has not had a great year, but a new coach, you know, first year 
a first year bounce maybe, but uh, well, does that does that say more about UCLA? I'm not sure. I mean, UCLA of any of the you know potential major teams in the NCAA tournament that theoretically would have a chance to make make the Final Four, they have to be the one we know the least about, right? With the soft non conference schedule and tons of close games so far in conference play. I think they're unbeaten in five, but they've got two draws. And even the wins, 2-1 late against Colorado, it's not, a usual, as, uh, it's not as dominant as usual a UCLA team uh, so far. But they've still got, you know, Stanford, Southern Cal down here, down the stretch. So it's going to be interesting to see what they really are. Well, they still have a lot of good players, too. Oh, they do. That's one thing <laughs> we do know about UCLA. They have really, really good players. All right, Matt, your time to shine. Yes, I love this segment. So this is the Just Shut Up Matt segment, right? I'm going to throw out a statement. You guys both can either agree with me or tell me to shut up. Okay, good. Ready? Here's number one. Is Oregon versus Oregon State the biggest game in the history of the Pac-12 for these two teams? They're ahead, both Brian. sitting fourth and fifth All right. in the I, league I right will now. go first. I, I'm not going to say shut up. I agree with you there, Matt. Okay. I'd like to say shut up, Matt. We all get joy from that statement. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I don't know if there's ever been a year when they were both so relevant this late in the season. Nah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that as well. Uh, typically, uh, especially Oregon, um, they start fast, non-conference. They win a lot of games. And, and then they hit the league and they lose a lot of games. And both of those teams have done really, really well. And uh, they're holding up, you know, through the conference. And, yeah, right now it's, it's almost like the uh, – uh, they both have a chance to win it. They, they yeah. both have a chance to win it. And, and again, this late, you, you would have never expected it. All right, so we need to change this. Oh, go ahead. Get, go ahead, Brent. Before we go to the next one with the Pac-12, is it – that the bottom teams are getting better or is it the top teams are coming back to the field a little, you know, Stanford's not as dominant as they were three, four years ago. You see, yeah. UCLA is unbeaten. So let's be fair. I'm, I'm talking about them like they're eight. Right. They're unbeaten, <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't look nearly as dominant. Wait, which of the two is it? I think it's both. I, I think it's both. Same with USC. I mean, USC is certainly a good team, but they may not be as strong as, as they were, you know, a, a couple of years ago. So I think the top has come back a little bit and the bottom has grown. You know, the, the bottom has yeah. gotten better um, or the bottom has shifted maybe, you know, right? I mean, right now Arizona's at the, at the bottom and, you know, where it's been maybe Oregon, and Oregon, Oregon State at times in the past. Washington, I believe, is close to the bottom as well. Yeah, yeah so is Arizona State. Which yeah, Ofer. Ofer. Okay, we're, yeah. we need to change this. I yeah. think we need to change this a little bit and say it's either just shut up, Matt, or oh, you're right, Matt. I think that's <laughs> yeah, only I fair. I think that's only fair. Think Chris, it's that. only fair. It's only fair. It's only fair. That's what it should be. Is that when I was right? I think from both of you. All right, here we go. Number two. This is a good one. In the last 10 years, Sanford's, Sanford has been the most dominant regular season team in any league. In the country. I'll go first. Well, Paul Radcliffe's a great coach. Stanford's really. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happens to Todd sometimes. It does. Um, 
<laughs> the uh, I mean, eight in a row is impressive. And it, it it's this year looks a little easier. I, it sounds to me like they might be able to clinch with a couple games to go. And it's usually down to the wire with Furman, but eight in a row. I'm not sure there's another conference that's been dominated like that. Maybe Monmouth, maybe Milwaukee. I'd have to look and see, but uh, it's as dominant as anyone's been. So, so you're very bright, Matt. I agree. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to agree as, as well. I, I just can't think of another team that has dominated a league the way that Todd's group has dominated the league. So uh, I'm going to agree with you, Matt. So you're going to say what, Chris? I'm going to say I, I agree with your statement. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Number three, the ACC yeah. will have double-digit teams in the NCAA tournament. Chris is counting. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you go first, Chris, because you're counting. Oof. Uh, um, I, 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 I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say just shut up, Matt. Um, <laughs> and, and, and here's why. Uh, I think that they'll have um, maybe the RPI numbers to do it, but I'm not quite sure everybody's going to be over 500. You know, oh, they got a couple of teams yeah. there that you know that are that are a little bit questionable whether or not they'll they'll make they'll make it to to five hundred. So, I am going to say, just shut up, Matt. Just shut up, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to give them eight or nine. I don't think they'll get to double digits. I'm assuming the math on who plays who makes it a little tricky down the stretch as well for everybody to have enough good wins uh, to get through. But obviously, they're going to have the most of any league. But I say it's digits. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you both tell me shut up. Got it. All right. Here we go. Number four, Notre Dame, who's six and zero in the ACC. Their next three games are Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina. They will earn more than three points in those three contests. I'll go. First. I'll go first. Matt, we'll go unit. We'll go at the same time. Chris. Yeah, just shut answers. up, Matt. <laughs> just shut up, Matt. You said more than three. Maybe they get more three, than three. but right. we can go in unison right. on that one. Okay. Yeah, six and sure. zero. There's six and zero. Six and zero. Oh, yeah. Six. Yeah. Virginia Duke. You know North. who they haven't played? The next three teams they got to play. <laughs> right. We we'll have a combined three losses. Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, all right. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready for this one. Look, the last one's always a doozy. No, I got, I'm sorry. I got, I got three more. Three oh, more. Three more. I got, I got one three. each for you guys, and then I got like, oh, one good. last one. Right, here we go. WCC yeah. has three teams that are 3-0. and BYU, Pepperdine, and Santa Clara. Pepperdine will be the WCC champs. Just shut up, Matt. Oh, okay. I don't know who will be the WCC champs, but if I have a choice uh, among three teams and you're giving me two of them, I'll take the two. So that means if Santa Clara or BYU win, I'm right and you're wrong. Have you seen what Pepperdine's done this year? I have, Matt. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Brian? I think Pepperdine's quite good, but just shut up, Matt. <laughs> 
I'll take those two out of three odds as well. BYU has really come on to form here late in the season. And you know Santa Clara has the quality and is going to you know come around here at the end. I, I would actually put Pepperdine as the third choice. One of the things I think is it is really hard outside of Florida State to dominate the whole season. We all you know have a little bit of ebbs and flows. Sure. Pepperdine starts been too good. I'd rather be sitting where BYU and Santa Clara are if we're all three and zero in the league. I'd rather have lost a couple games along the way uh, and be peaking down the stretch because it's almost impossible for the rest of us to peak all year. All right. Nice job. All right, here we go. Now, one each for both of you guys. Okay, here we go. This one is for you, Chris. Okay, so Brian, you can't answer. Okay. All right, Chris, Brian's SEC sleeper pick is the worst call on the history of college soccer nation. Uh, his SEC sleeper pick was LSU. I believe they are in 13th place in the SEC. So I'm going to go with just shut up, Brian. That's how I'm going to answer that one. Can I, can I have a rebuttal? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, if we're going in the last seven days, Chris's West Virginia is going to win 12. And then wah, wah. He uh, oh, you just ruined my, you just ruined mine, Brian. That was going to be my question for Chris. Come question. on. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Well, and I'm sure you've got a few in there. You had Kansas sleeper in the Big 12. They went 0-4 yeah. to start. The, yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah I, I got to be honest. It's not – maybe that was a little, you know, cheering for the purple and gold. Maybe that was a little purple-colored glasses. Yeah. How did it look? I mean, who knows? Listen, it, there's, plenty, uh, there's plenty of games to play. Who knows? They can dig themselves out for sure. But I don't I think they can win the league. That was going to uh, be my question to you is uh, – Brian, Chris telling me to shut up about the Big 12 last week saying West Virginia would win it is a bit off. That was my question. Well, he's not superstitious, but he may have jinxed West Virginia. I killed him. I I, I like the line. You know, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Isn't that from the office? (laughs) All right. Let's do it. Let's keep moving. Team of the Weeks. Team of the Weeks. We're going to choose. uh, We're going to stay away from Power 5 teams. We, uh, we spend a lot of time in, in, in that area, and we want to make sure we acknowledge some, some other teams around the country. So we're going to go uh, not Power 5. So, uh, Brian, let's start with you. Who do you got? I, I got an interesting one for, our, for you from uh, out west. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with my southeastern one. It's only a draw, but Stetson getting points against North Florida. You know, North Florida yeah. – very good mid-level, really dominated that league or put it, not dominated, but put himself right up with Lipscomb and Gulf Coast. Eric does a great job. And for Stetson to get any points uh, with the trajectory of those two programs is a great week for them. Okay. And that's your team of the week or your upside of the week? That's just my team of the week. If we're going okay. non-power fives. Okay. Mine, Chris, is uh, Hofstra. Yeah. 200 twin for Simon. How do you say his last name? I don't want to butcher it. Rid- I Riddu? I don't know how you say it. <laughs> anyway, uh, 200 wins. He's done an unbelievable job at Hofstra. And yeah. He's probably been chased in a lot of big jobs, but has found his niche there, very similar to the picker. Um, you know, found his niche. Yeah. 200 wins there. Hofstra, they beat Delaware and UNCW. UNCW's had a really good year, too. Yeah. Um, beat them both to, for uh, 200 wins. So, congrats to Hofstra. That's my team of the week. Okay. Mine is a team we mentioned earlier, BYU. Uh, BYU, 7-0 against St. Mary's. 
6-0 against San Diego. And I believe they won the game before those two 6-0 as well. They've scored 19 goals in their last three games. Now, let's put that in perspective. My team scored 16 goals all year. Okay, they scored 19 <laughs> in their last three games. <laughs> um, I don't know, Brian. That's a little fishy calling BYU not a power five. They're going They're in the Big 12. Power five. That we have a power eight around here. We kind of wanted to go, you know, somebody not one of the big names. BYU is a bigger name in college soccer as you can find. Matt. It's a bit much. It's we didn't much say grindy. not a power eight. We said not a power five. I just think, you know, we're trying to we're trying to spread the love it, a little it, around it, here. It, BYU it, is it, not it, spreading it, the love. It, it's brutal. Fine, BYU, greatest ever. Can I tell I you? I feel like every week we talk about BYU. <laughs> All right, let's go. Upset of the week. Okay. Upsets of the week. Matt, let's start with you. I'm going with um, our friends over at ETSU, Jay and Matt Yelton, with a big win over Western Carolina. They were sitting with one win in the league. Western Carolina was in second place. They had to reschedule the game because of the weather, and they uh, they scratched out a one nothing win against them. So congratulations to uh, ETSU. Well done, Jay. Brian? So Michigan State 1-0 over Ohio State. Yeah. You know, the new coach there is doing a fantastic job. I don't know if you guys saw the details, but a late penalty kick save to hold it up. And I've got something. I need to ask you guys a question on this. So Michigan State's up 1-0, 87th minute at home. Kid saves the penalty, pounces on the rebound. And one by one, the whole team comes and hugs her. She's holding the ball. Oh, they're yeah. hugging her at least five of them clearly touch the ball if you're <laughs> hugging your goalkeeper who has the ball isn't that another penalty handball it probably is I yeah. by, the by, of by definition play a game right? yeah, yeah by yeah. definition something um i thought we were doing non-power five upsets too we weren't oh sorry i did not realize this was I didn't I was, we, we didn't say we non-power five you guys upsets. don't follow the rules the rules again you guys don't follow the rules I can give you okay. another one. <coughs> another one. Sure. A non-power five upset. Kennesaw State to Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Um, really big win for Kennesaw State. And it didn't put – it's Gulf Coast's first loss in the league. Mm. Yeah. You know, Gulf Coast plays Liberty this week, the, the top of the table, and it might be a title decider. Um, but a huge win for Kennesaw State against the traditional power in their league. Yep. All right, Chris. Matt, I went with a power of five one. I'm sorry I didn't get it, you know, to your standards, but I went with uh, NC State two and Duke one. Mm. Um, a big, big win, big win. Certainly, that's a it's a local derby, and um, and it puts NC State in a in a spot where they got a chance maybe at, at making the NCAA tournament. Okay, uh, Brian, you want to talk about some of these leagues, right? Oh, sure. Couple of um, yeah, couple of highlights. Think. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hit you with a few things. Tell me what you think. So in the AAC, UCF, who's got a great RPI, a couple awesome wins, is one three and one with three to play. And I think East Carolina, Cincinnati, or two of the three, they're they're not walking the parks by any stretch. If Central Florida is below 500 in the league, and how many teams make your tournament, Chris? I mean, six, six. If they're below 500, they might not make the tournament in the AAC. 
the, I know we say there's no conference, you know, it, it, that doesn't matter theoretically, but that's going to be a tough call. Is it not? Yeah. Ha- have we had a mid-major team make the NCAA tournament without qualifying for their conference tournament of not a four-team conference tournament? Well, even, yeah, any mid-major. So obviously yeah. we've had, we've had eight ACC teams make it all the time that don't make, cause they only have six or whatever. But I don't think there's been an SEC team that's had – I don't know, uh, Mississippi State did it a couple of years ago where they didn't make the 10-team tournament and they made the NCAAs. But yep. that will be very interesting because that will be a consideration, I would think, not making the tournament if they don't make it. But if they, it, if they don't make it, will they be able to be 500 overall? I think they will. No, I, I, I think they will. I think the record's good enough. And, and I think that our RPI is going to be good enough. And – I think that I would, uh, and we, the AAC has never had a, a team not make the tournament and, and make the NCAA tournament. However, UCF has enough has enough wins, um, enough enough good results, um, and and they'll have the RPI numbers. So, uh, I would argue, and and uh, you know, Matt, you and your committee will will have to sort this out. But I have read the criteria for selection to the NCAA tournament, and in nowhere. On there, does it say qualifying for your own conference tournament? Okay, let me so ask you this. I don't think Chris. that should be a factor. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. It definitely isn't. But let me ask you this: If they don't qualify for their conference tournament, that means they've lost a number, a couple of these last three games, right? Probably just one. Maybe three. one. Yeah, three, four, and one. Three, four, and one. Ten points get you in. Doesn't get you in, Chris. Uh, it has. It has, but there there has been times where it's 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 been left out. Although it's hard to say because remember we always had Connecticut as well. So down to nine teams now, you know, seems to me like ten points would work, um, but you never know. They don't need that loss from East Carolina probably then, right? No, sitting on a couple no. wins. Yeah, be yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, what else you got? Right. A couple more in the ACC: UVA, Syracuse, nil nil at the half. And then Virginia scored five in 11 minutes. Is that, I mean, no one would know better than two historians like you two is <laughs> no one's been around longer. Uh, <laughs> anyone ever heard of five goals in 11 minutes? I can't say I have. I can't, I can't say that either. But I, I got to believe that Anson's group has done it 27 <laughs> times. But <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I was going to say like somebody playing a, uh, you know, really poor league, a power five team, but maybe, but in the first half, not at zero zero halftime. Was there a wind going to straight down the field? I have no idea. I don't know the details. I feel like Arkansas somebody scored four on us within 11 minutes. <laughs> not <laughs> anybody. A few weeks ago. That. Yeah. All right. A couple, yeah. couple more interesting scenarios. You know, in the Big 12 this week, Thursday night, TCU at West Virginia, TCU three, one and one, West Virginia two, one and one. Two preseason favorites, loser leaves town on the championship race. Yeah. See with that? And then Friday is Baylor versus Texas. Yeah. Oh. Still top two in the, the standings. Texas wins that one, but it's at Baylor. And you don't want to play Baylor after a bad Baylor weekend, I'm pretty sure. No. They no. let down last weekend. You don't want to be traveling to Waco for that. But that's two huge games in the big It is two huge games and uh you know i still think tcu is the best team in the league and 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 that will play out but you know 
that's a that's a tough that's a tough game for them. And and, and the Baylor Texas game is starting to get to a point where it's uh, maybe an elimination game as far as the NCAA tournament. They both are sort of you know sitting on a bubble. Um, they both need you know need need uh, Texas a little more than Baylor as far as you know top fifty wins and 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 things like that. So it starts not quite, but it starts to get to be a little bit of an elimination game. You know how you get those those conference tournament games that maybe where the four or five are playing and it's like, you know, the winner of this is, is going to get in and, and the loser is probably out. Uh, they're starting to look at a, a game like that. Maybe with that one. What Brian, what TCU West Virginia is where West Virginia. Ooh. Yeah. Tough. I, I watched TCU on Sunday. I thought they looked great. That's the best mm-hmm. all year. Look like they're starting to peak late. Um, that was a solid win over Oklahoma state, but they played very, very well in it uh but big week in the big 12 big 10 tell me this penn state iowa minnesota tied for ninth 10th and 11th and penn state closes with the second third and fourth and fifth mm-hmm. team in the league right now are their last four games wow wow and they gotta get in the top eight right? there's only eight teams go to the tournament is that what the big 10 does yeah eight teams but there's they don't did they make it? And they didn't have that. Uh, remember last year they had that yeah. tournament that Brian went off on. Uh, yeah, yeah, the divisions. <laughs> so, so eight teams they're sitting right now tied for ninth or tied for eleventh. Yeah, where you want to look at it? Ninth. And they play two, two and three, four, and five. Yes. Wow. And they've not consistently won. You know. Oh. Really, all year long they've not consistently won. I think that's a little scary if I'm Penn State. Yeah, no doubt. All right, coach. That, that's, right, your, uh, that's your in-depth your in-depth thought, Matt. Yeah, no doubt. That's what you don't look at. <laughs> <laughs> you said it all. <laughs> and just one or two more here. Okay. Since this is small school week, let me finish yeah. this one. <laughs> I didn't know it's small school week. Well, well you guys in there, the upset's got to be. A, I was the only one that did it. Team of the week's got to be. The one that level. listened. That takes some serious research. But <laughs> Prairie View is putting the Yelton treatment on the SWAC. Yeah. Is that, yeah. that is solid. And I actually saw them. I scouted them. They were playing somebody we played. And, you know, obviously that's been the traditional weakest conference in college soccer. And they've got a half-decent team. That's going to that, that's gonna continue. And I, I'll be a little bit surprised if they're not their rep in the uh, NCAA tournament. But full credit to them. They're uh... – you know, I, I was looking at at some of those maybe conference winners along the way, and um, their RPI is about 150. You know, those SWACs are usually high 200s, 300s. Yeah, they're they're in the the 150 range. They're they're going to be, you know, well above a number of teams that that are, that make the NCAA tournament as far as uh, where their RPI stands. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, they still got games to play, and that number is probably going to start to torpedo a little bit with just even with yep. them winning. Yeah, unfortunately for them, that's a good point. Yeah, good point. But All right. my a few weeks to go. This is good times in college soccer, isn't it, boys? This is awesome. <laughs> it, is. it is when you win. It is when you win. <laughs> Terrible when you lose. Absolutely. All right, Brian. Well, uh, how about CC Kaiser coming up? You think about that? Oh. I, well, I can't wait to listen to this. Uh, I would like you to uh, lead her to the conversation. CeCe was a whale of a youth center back. 
She and was. Somebody decided somewhere along the line, maybe we could hear the story of what kind of whimsical day on Oxford's campus when Matt Mott decided, hey, maybe this kid should play up front um, or in a more attacking role. And then uh, that goal she scored against Auburn, you know what I'm talking about, where she weaved yeah. the team. That's yeah. one of the best goals I ever saw in the SEC. Yeah. Literally yeah. one man on it. It looked like Maradona against England. Uh, <laughs> weaving yeah. through the entire team. Everyone else looked like they were standing still. That was an awesome goal. So yeah. I look forward to you rehashing some good old times. Yeah. All right, Brian. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks, Brian. You know, I do think uh, this coach's name, I believe, is Vladko was the one her senior year that moved her into attacking position. He may know what he's doing. <laughs> he and you decided, you thought, hey, this Vladko guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, what a, what a good idea, coach. <laughs> All right, Brian, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. Good. Uh, wait, real quick, who you got this week? Oh, we got a little double Southern Miss. We're going to Hattiesburg, your neck of the woods, on Thursday. Really, really hard place to play, and Mo is doing a fantastic job there. Uh, and then uh, home against Texas San Antonio on Sunday. Um, uh, uh, Hattiesburg is about almost five hours from us, so not quite my neck of the woods. My state, <laughs> but not quite my neck of the woods. You know, for 15 years, I lived in a, a state that was next to Mississippi, I think. I didn't know you could go from any point in Mississippi, drive for five hours, and still be in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to you go, go north, Brian. Oh, that's true. I try and avoid going north through Louisiana, <laughs> to be honest, the Gulf Coast. No offense. All right. All right. Have a good one. See All you right. Guys. See ya. See ya. All right, Chris. Like I said at the beginning, I'm uh, most excited about this guest we have with us. Um, of the 43 of these we've done, this is my top one, I think. So welcome to College Soccer Nation. Cece Kaiser, how are you, Cece? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. No problem. Well, we appreciate you. You're our first pro current pro athlete we've had shannon box on before and but we uh, we wanted to get an nwsl player and we thought hey let's go to one of the best ones so yes, welcome here. to the show what we'd like to do sees is start out with everybody on just give us your um background kind of you know started who you play for for club college and then and then your pro kind of pro history so just take a minute or two and give us just a a rundown of kind of how you got here and 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 at racing louisville Okay. Well, you know it pretty well, but um, <laughs> I grew up in Kansas City, and at the time I played for a club team called the Stars, who eventually formed into Sporting Blue Valley, and I played in the ECNL league growing up, and um, actually, funny enough, got recruited at some small tournament in St. Joe by no yes. other than Rob Thompson. Mm -hmm. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. He came to like a 6 a.m. game. I remember that. That was crazy. I couldn't believe he was at that game. He was the only coach there. And I was like, wow, this guy awesome. really wants me to come, come play for him. So <laughs> got recruited and committed to Ole Miss, um, played there all four years. Actually, funny enough, was recruited as a center back. Um, you remember those days and then yes. never played a minute in the back line <laughs> in my college days. So played attacking mid forward and then got drafted by the Houston Dash in 2019 and played two seasons there, um, 2019 and 2020, and then got picked up in the expansion draft by Racing Louisville, which is where I'm at now. Awesome. Great. Uh, you had a wonderful college career and, and I've been following you on uh, your pro career and, and it's been fantastic uh, watching you grow. Um, 
I want to ask about this whole transition from I guess you played some in the midfield and some as a defender. And I think you even read where you play goalkeeper at one point. Um, <laughs> I did. Is that true? <laughs> yes. In one of my high school games, like all of our goalkeepers got hurt. And then somehow I ended up back there. They were like, you played basketball. Go, go. Yeah. Hop the <laughs> but how did you end up playing, becoming a forward? And, and, and beyond that, um, the skills that you have um, are very much of a goal scoring attacker. Did you mm-hmm. always have those skills or did they develop over time? I think they developed over time. I grew up playing forward and I was pretty good at playing forward and I was uh, pretty small growing up. I was short and tiny, still scrawny, but um, gotten some height on me now. But um, through my club days, my club team just kept getting pummeled. Like we would score a few goals, but we would give up like seven goals. And so my club coach finally just had enough and said, get in the back line and see how you do back there. And then I got stuck at center back for like three, four years during um, eighth grade, freshman year of high school, sophomore year, which is like the prime recruiting years. And so that's how I got recruited as a center back. I was actually a pretty good center back. I loved, um, I had like the anticipation of where people were going to play the ball just because I had the mindset of a forward. And so um, through those years too, I got more height. So I was able to um, compete with balls in the air and I loved slide tackling and just kind of developed a different side to my game that I didn't really have. Um, and I could, I liked seeing the whole field in front of me and playing out of the back and dribbling at players and um, going at people one v one. And I could really do that in the back line. Sure, I was further away from the goal and we weren't scoring as much, but um, we definitely stopped all the goals going into the back of our net. So. Um, then like my senior year of high school, my club coach eventually just moved me back up top. And from there just kind of exploded. Like, I think my first game back, I had like a hat trick or something like that. I just had this natural ability to go out players one V one and had a nose for the goal. And, um, yeah, then haven't played in the back line ever since. Did you, did you think going into Ole Miss that you were going to be playing as forward? (laughs) we had joked about it he was like we don't really know what you're gonna play yet Matt was always like you know you might play in the back we'd like you back there because I at the time um Sam Sanders was at Ole Miss and so she was a senior when I came in as a freshman and I think Matt liked kind of our partnership or the idea of like her the tough dirty work player and me like kind of dribbling up out of the back and setting the tone and um being able to play out of the back and then I think it was just like the first training session. He put me in the midfield and had me at attacking mid. There was Addie Forbes and Gretchen Hartnick and us three just really combined really well up top. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of grew from there. I think we played 4v4, Chris, and she scored about 10 goals in the 4v4. <laughs> and I was like, why are we putting this? Why are we yeah, putting her in the back? Go away. Yeah, go away, and I, I do think we were trying to play 3-5-2 and we didn't have a true attacking mid. And when we put her in there, it was just – it just fit perfect. She was unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, see, let's go into tell me about and tell really our listeners about your time in Norway. So, I'm kind of how you oh. got there out of Houston and, and yes. then what that was like. Yes. Yeah, so, I decided to go over and play in Norway. I ended up at Kolbolten in right outside of Oslo. Um, I went over there because after the Challenge Cup in 2020 with the pandemic and everything, it was still kind of Um, unknown if we were going to have more games throughout the season and at the time I don't think the fall series was announced so I didn't get a ton of playing time 
throughout the challenge cup and not a ton during my rookie year. So I just wanted to get some games in my legs and um, just develop. And I had always wanted to go play overseas. So I thought it was just like a perfect time to go. And I um, went over there early September and played about eight or nine games um, with that club. Um, they were close to relegation. So I was really there just to kind of help the team from being relegated. And again, just played a different style. They're very physical, very direct. Um, it's not as pretty of a soccer, I would say over there. And so that just kind of developed a different side. Um, and think that the NWSL, like the more I've played in it, the more I've realized that it is like super physical and um, there are teams that play more direct, but again, it just developed me and um, I got to just experience a different culture. People over there were super nice. I think it's awesome that almost all of them there speak English, which I think is so cool that they can speak Norwegian and English just like off the bat. And they all were like really timid to speak to me in English. I remember they were like, we don't know if we're going to be good enough to talk to you. I'm like, we could have a conversation. You guys are great. Like yeah. players were great. And there were a couple other Americans there that I lived with. Um, and we just had a really good time. We just um, went in and out at Oslo every once in a while and didn't get to do a ton of traveling or as much as I'd like, because the pandemic was still um, still around and there were regulations and everything. Um, but the club there was great. And it was funny too, because we didn't have a car while we were there. So we had to walk everywhere and they are so fit over in Norway. I remember there would just be people that it's so hilly where we would walk and we'd have to carry our groceries like 25 minutes back to our house. Mm. And people there would be like on skis that are on roller blades. And they're just like, I don't even know what they call it, but they're just so fit. And then, you know, like there's elderly people just like walking their groceries up these giant hills. I'm like, you just don't see things like that in America. No. But How's your Norwegian, great. by the way? How's your Norwegian? Oh, epic fail. There was just <laughs> no chance. I remember we were trying to figure out the transportation and we were trying to figure out what um, train we had to take back to where we lived. And we were like, oh, it's called ski. And we told all the girls, yeah, we had to take the ski train back to where we lived. And they're like, it's called she. Like SK in Norwegian is pronounced she. And so we kept going mm. ski and they're like, what is ski? Yeah, so we were super embarrassed. They tried, yeah. but Norwegian's tough. Yeah. Because yeah, the letters that. together like are just pronounced differently than they are mm. in English. So. Yeah. Okay. I, I have to ask you um, about just what it's like these days being a player in the NWSL with everything that's gone on and, you know, all the things that have happened recently, um, you know, the, the, it seems like the players are, are taking a real stand, right? And, mm -hmm. and the Players Association has stepped forward and made a bunch of demands. And um, there's a lot of moving parts and, and things going on within the league as far as the players go. Um, so tell me how that, how that feels, what you're, what you're going through, you know, how, how the whole thing is going for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely been tough these past couple of weeks. Um, and I would just say kind of the whole year, you've seen a lot of coaching changes and things happening throughout the entire year. I mean, our club went through it as well. Um, I think for us, I can speak for myself and um, our club has just done a good job, I think, of making sure that they're protecting the players. And they've told us that and reassured us over and over again that 
you know, without us, they really want to have a club and without us, there wouldn't really be an existing league. So I think it's important for players to feel comfortable coming into work every day and being around people that they can trust and um, stuff like that. So I know there's a lot of hurt going around and there's a lot of hardships for players right now, but I think uh, the mindset that uh, racing had while we were going through our coaching change was that it was about us and about um, not about our coach and who was going to coach us and what, like we were going to come together as a group and make sure that everyone knew that we were together and that we were going to go out and represent the city and um, ourselves as best we could. So um, I'm interested a little bit in, in uh, you know, like the players and the players association and things like that, like with all the stuff you went, you guys have gone through, I'm sure you've had probably a number of phone calls or, you know, zoom calls or, or whatever um, as a group. Um, and, and, I saw this list of, as I mentioned, a list of demands that, that the players came up with. Is that led by, you know, the the head of the players' association? Is that led by sort of the senior players in the league? And you know, how, how does all of that work? Um, so each team has player reps that um, are part of the player um, organization, and so I think each team has like two or three player reps that are a part of the PA, and they kind of get an idea of what the team wants and um, what they think is best for the league and for us players. And then they get together as a group. Um, I don't know. I'm not part of the PA um, or I'm not a player rep. So I don't know exactly like how many phone calls I have. I know that they've been on like endless phone calls this past sure. month, but um, yeah, they get together and they have Megan Burke, who's the head of the PA who just gives like um, an insight. She's not a player obviously, but she's like, a player that or a person that we go to to um, get everything like an idea of what we should be asking for things that maybe are a little bit unreasonable to be asking for so she kind of helps um, orchestrate all of that within the player reps that represent each team do you feel um do you feel the relationships now um are better between the players and and the league and and you know, the clubs and the owners and things like that, do you feel that they've improved? I definitely think you are seeing improvement. I can't really speak for other clubs and all of that. So I don't really know what's going on um, within other clubs, but I think for us that there is just a good, um, yeah, there's trust and there's um, a good relationship happening with all of us and with our club. I mean, like I said, we went through it about a month ago, over a month ago. And um, so I think for us, it's just been important to have those talks and those meetings and making sure that people are understanding what's happening and that we can all feel comfortable and confident in each other. It's, uh, it's been encouraging to see the amount of support that the players have gotten, you know, from Absolutely. fans, from celebrities, from, you know, from all different walks of life and, so it's a little refreshing, I know, because for you guys, it's um, it's been hard, right? Yeah. It's some of the stuff that you've gone through. And even just trying to get the league up and running and, you know, people not making a lot of money and, and you know, just trying to follow their passion and, yeah. and that kind of thing. It's it's just been, yeah. Yeah. It's been good to see. There's big stepping stones that have come in this past year, especially. I mean, 
the league has been around for what, nine years, eight years, nine years. So it's definitely grown thus far in those years. But I think this year, especially like you've just seen a big step forward. And I think that's huge and a big um, thing for the younger generation of players coming in. You know, we want to make sure that they have what they need and that they um, are comfortable coming into work every day and that they can go out on the field and know that they're supported and um, loved within their club. Have you, uh, have you ever seen Matt so quiet? <laughs> I was no, listening. Actually, I <laughs> I'm listening. All right, geez, my next question is tell us about uh, Louisville, the franchise, um, you know, how you're doing, you know, kind of your future, you think, with the club as, as much as you know, um, and, and what it's been like to live there in Louisville. Yeah, it's been great so far. Um, I do have another year on my contract, so great. I suspect to be here, but you just never know within this league and this lifestyle, so yeah. you never know what can happen tomorrow, but um, it's been good so far. I think the club has set us up in amazing ways. You just look at our housing. It's kind of just amazing to look at, and like our facilities and everything are top tier, and we have a brand new stadium um that we share with the men i think that's something that is really special within our club is that everything does feel very shared like there is a racing side and there is the loose city side and i don't think that's something that you see within other organizations so i think that's really encouraging and refreshing to see for us um i think we have a young team and um have gained a lot of experience this year because i mean i know for myself i didn't have a ton of experience and other players within the league and the team too um, didn't have a ton of experience within the league. So I think it's been good for us all to just um, see minutes and get game time. And the city has been good. It's still, I feel like we haven't gotten to experience a ton of it. Um, I think one thing for us that we all want to do next year is go to the Kentucky Derby. We unfortunately were out of town. We were in Jersey during the Challenge Cup when mm. that was going on. But I did get to go to Churchill Downs two times now this this year. Um, it's really cool. It's massive I don't think I ex expected it to be as it, as big as it is and then we've had a lot of um times to go out to eat and stuff like that and so there's been good food there's a lot of good Cuban restaurants which is surprising I wouldn't expect it to be um like that and then there's a couple good Mexican restaurants I haven't tried the barbecue yet which everyone keeps telling me to because you know Kansas City barbecue yeah I know so. yeah. Will, it, will it stand it up to be, Kansas City is sees it that be good enough so. for me I don't yeah. know but still so, need to try it did you win any money at Churchill Downs hit any horses no, no oh. did not. but oh, there were a couple girls on our team that did Jory and Bacham won a lot of money oh, good for her yeah so awesome she's good um, apparently all right. So I had one other thing. What team do you hate the worst in the NWSL? Oh my be gosh. honest. To play. Be you honest. Your, who's on, the be one honest. you don't want to play? What? Oh, <laughs> goodness. Okay. So I would say, not that I hate them, but I hate going there. I would say Portland just because their environment is crazy. Like their fan base is wild and they get so many fans. It's so mm. cool. Just so, It's super cool to go in there and walk into the stadium and see it packed. But it's also just a hostile environment and those mm. people are crazy yeah. and yeah they're they're a tough team to play I don't like playing there yeah. how cool are the lights at your stadium though when you guys score so cool and now it's made me so mad that everyone has started to do it like yeah we were yeah it a couple of days yeah. ago they did it and I'm really. like, okay all three goals really you have to do this to us right now like <laughs> every time how about though Chris we, we can't 
we have to mention CC scored the first ever goal racing Louisville. How cool is that? Yes, that was amazing. Not only was it first goal in racing history, but it was my first NWSL goal. And oh, some of cool. my family was there and it was yeah. just cool. It was, it was kind of surreal. My brother asked me after, he's like, did you even hear people screaming for you before you scored? Like, were you nervous? I was like a little bit. I just kept telling myself, don't miss, don't miss. Just put it in the back of my head. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. The other day, 1v1. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, uh, um, I really want to ask you, I wanted you to give us a good, funny Matt Mott story from your Ole Miss days. I, gotta go. I know you I have so go. many, all right? But I want the favorite one. <laughs> okay. My favorite one was, I can't remember if it was my junior or senior year, but it was right before we were about to play Arkansas. And he was giving this really great inspirational speech it was awesome. Everyone was really intense. It was a great moment. And then all of a sudden he goes, Arkansas. <laughs> and he said it was a lisp. And literally all of us just couldn't handle it. Like everyone broke out laughing. It was so funny. And then after that, we always just kept going, Arkansas. And so now we all just say, and I yeah. actually will text Tara that every once in a while. Be like, stupid Arkansas. <laughs> They still use it. They it still use so it, Chris. Funny. You know, words are hard sometimes, Chris. Do they really? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he, he claims to be good. Captain Chemistry. You know, he tells everybody that he, he's Captain Chemistry. So <laughs> tell us tell us about loading the train or, some, or one of those things. Give us a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That started, I think, my senior year. Or no, no, no. The oh, loading yeah, the train is the thing. Did we start? We started a tra- like a thing my senior year. That was similar to that, but loading the train was, remember I remember my fresh, I remember my freshman year, the first time we did it, we were like, what's going on? Cause we didn't do it before every game. And so right. everyone was like, what's happening as freshmen? They're like, what are we doing? <laughs> anyway, um, it's a good time. It's get It gets yeah. rowdy in there. You know, you got to get all the people. I remember Tara every time would just be like screaming. You would ask her to do it and she would just be just mm-hmm. over the top about it. It's good though, CC, isn't it? It's good. It's good, CC, isn't it? I don't know it's where good. you started. Where did you start that? I don't know. Years ago, found it. I don't have no, how, I have no idea. We made it up. Why we made it up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it gets people going though. What's uh, tell, Matt? You have a you have a favorite yes. CC story? Oh, I got plenty of them. But CC, tell them about um, our our trip to the steakhouse in Auburn. I was about to say this story too, because <laughs> this story kills me every time. Do people still say something about oh, it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys oh, yeah. still joke about it? Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. So it was, I think that one was my senior year too. Yeah. And we went to a steakhouse, you know, Matt's fave, a, a steakhouse per yeah. usual. They spoil us there. Anyway, we went and it was lunchtime. I think it was the day before game or the yeah, yeah day before played day Auburn. Before a game and maybe yeah. like before training. Did we train already or we were about to train? Yeah, or Something maybe. like that. Anyway, yeah. people were like tr- trying to figure out what they wanted to eat. And I don't know what happened, but I guess other people ordered me or you or you heard them and they were ordering some steak because we're at a yeah. steakhouse. And then Matt <laughs> turns around and he gets so mad. He's like, do not eat a steak right now. What? Why are we eating steak? just like screaming at all of us and so then people started ordering salads with steak on top so that they could eat the steak (laughs) with the salad and then tara kept going no steak at the steakhouse and just this running joke so why couldn't they eat steak steak well let me clarify why why do you go to a steakhouse they're like we're gonna go to chick-fil-a and not have chicken 
Like they've hammered me about this, Chris, forever. They hammered. Summer, our director of ops, says to me, Oh my, we're eating lunch. We have a big dinner planned. Why are they eating steaks? Why are they eating steaks? So I'm like, all right, I'll tell them not to eat steaks. I didn't yell, oh CC, but anyway. That's where it had like sandwiches. <laughs> all, it wasn't just a steak, it was like Logan's Steakhouse in Auburn. I don't know, but I've I've gotten a beating over. We were at a steakhouse yes. and he's like, yeah. no steak. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh, I have a couple. I mean, I CC was, um, yeah, CC was again, you know, it, it, of all my time in, in my career, she's certainly one of the best, if not the best player I ever coached. I think Chris, we talk about a lot of times about the great ones have this edge and CC had an edge and you like you would see her if we played small side, she'd run out, and make sure she got the right goalkeeper, right? She'd want to have Marnie as a goalkeeper to tip her, tip her hand. If the ball was even close to out, she was calling it out, right? She was one of these people that anything was competitive. It was super cranked up competitive enough for level, which was great because it made all the players around her better. But a couple of my fondest memories, she had an unbelievable freshman year, was SEC freshman of the year, scored, her, scored an unbelievable goal to beat Memphis in overtime, which was a, a great goal when we beat them. And as our rivals, kind of her flash on the scene, she scored a third goal when we beat Alabama. We were down 2 nothing at halftime, mm-hmm. came back to beat them. was maybe favorites. the turning point in our season. And then her, I think her best goal of her career was, uh, and Brian mentioned it early, was one versus about eight against Auburn. She had already tied the um, record for um, most goals in the history at Ole Miss. And she broke it on one versus nine from midfield. I swear to God, we had just subbed her back in. She got the ball. It was a thousand degrees. Nobody was moving Sunday afternoon. She dribbled the whole team. It was a great goal, but it's been a, it was a dream to coach her. Absolute dream. And you know, my, probably my fondest memory though, honestly, was I went to Orlando. She was with the U23s at a training camp playing the boys. I got to go and watch uh, uh, one of my players playing the national, in a national kit with the 23s, which was pretty damn awesome. So we followed her. We love her. Her jersey's hanging in my in my office. Cool. She's one of the all-time I greats for sure. I need to get you sure. a new one. Yeah, I know. I, I need, need a, a new I need one a racing with the number one. five. <laughs> they, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get you one at the end of the year. Definitely. I have definitely. Uh, just one one last thing for you, Cece. Uh, I wanted to congratulate you on being such a great player in spite of playing for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was tough at times. You know, I couldn't eat steak at the steakhouse. Yes, yes, yes. Very difficult. Well, Cs, it's been a pleasure having you on College Soccer Nation, our first ever pro athlete. The current pro athlete uh, is great. You were wonderful. We appreciate the insight. We appreciate the the vulnerability of kind of telling us what's going on with the league and understand it's tough times, but you guys will get through it. You'll continue to be a superstar, and I know the people in Louisville just love you like the people here in Oxford. So don't be a stranger. Come visit us. Thanks so of much course. for coming on the show. Good Thank luck, Thank you for Cece. having me. Thank you. You got it. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. <laughs> always. Uh, Chris, always fun to talk to my buddy, Cece. Uh, but just a great, great player for us and great ambassador for Ole Miss. And, uh, and I think we need to do that a little bit more. We start getting some of the pros on. Um, we'll be continue to be fun to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm ready for uh, Power Five. Power Five. Power Five. Here we go. Uh, The airports. All right. Who's starting? What are we doing? How are we doing this? You want to go first? Uh, Just a question. Um, We're talking about domestic airports, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any foreigns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can go first. All All right. Go for it. My number five. Yes. Is the happiest place in the United States, Orlando. 
you fly in or into Orlando, you got Mickey Mouse everywhere. You, you just feel happy when you land in Orlando. So I'm going with Orlando. I think uh, Orlando is maybe the worst airport in the country without question. I'm not being, I'm not being funny. I lived in Orlando. You're not funny. You're not funny. I, I, I'm usually pretty funny, but I lived in Orlando. It was awful. It was awful to fly through there. It's packed all the time. You can have, you can have longer waits than Atlanta. Uh, just to get to your flight. Um, it's not the, always the about your convenience. The restaurant. Uh, no, my, my convenience is 100% what my entire list is about on this <laughs> on this airport. That's your whole how, life. You don't like it. Well, airport. but my, my whole list is about what's, how convenient is the airport. And Orlando is not convenient whatsoever. It gives you it's a happy awful. feeling when you land there. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't you because get, you're not a happy person. To get the to get the rental cars is awful. You got to fight all the tourists that are going to the the boats for the for the cruise ships. It's, that's okay. A terrible move choice. on. Right, move my on. number five. My number five is Charlotte. Oh, like Charlotte? No, no, no. Jersey no. Mike's, Chris. Jersey Mike's, and Charlotte. Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. This is right next. No. Jersey. No, Jersey Mike's. Right next to Aunt, Aunt Annie's pretzels. So you get, get your sub, you have your sub, you get your little dessert. It's easy to get around. Uh, Charlotte's it a very, one very of good the, airport. Uh, most canceled flights, airports with most canceled flights. Charlotte. Well, right now, maybe every airport's canceling flights. All right, I'm going to give you my number four. We're going to go back and forth. All right, go ahead. My number four, speaking of the most happiest places in the country, I thought this is what you're going with. Las Vegas is me. Number five, love Las Vegas airport. Ching, 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 right when you land, you got the slot machines, you got, you know, you go down and all the big signs and the lights and, yeah. and you're in yeah. Vegas and you're like, yeah. oh, how happy can you be to be in yeah. Vegas? So way happier than the Orlando. So my number four, four is Las Vegas. What's your number four? Can I give you, can I give you my opinion on Las Vegas? Yeah. Here's the deal with Las Vegas. When you fly to Las Vegas on the flight there, everybody is raring to go. They're drinking, yep. they're having yep. a great time. You land, everybody's having a great time. Yeah. When they come back to the airport to go home, they're broke, <laughs> they're hungover, they're exhausted, and it's an awful place on the way. So it's a 50-50 for me. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right. You're number four. Number four, Denver. Oh, yeah. I like Denver. Why do you like it? Denver. Great airport. Great airport. Flying over the... Denver is a... It's easy to get around. It has the... You know, when you look at snow-covered mountains and things like that, I like Denver. All right. I don't know if he's breaking up on us, Darren. We got him? All right. You're back, Chris. There you are. Okay. Yeah, we got you now. All right. You want to go with your number three? All right. My number three is Austin. That's a great airport Austin has. They have all the local, it's only local foods, uh, local businesses, uh, always live music playing. Uh, mm -hmm. Austin is a fantastic airport. Yeah, I like Austin Airport. I didn't have it on my list, but it is a good one. It's kind of smaller, but uh, it's a good, it's good size. It's easy to get around. Good music, good food. I like Austin. That's good. My number three. Yeah. It's going to throw you for a loop a little bit. Detroit. Totally, totally, totally underrated airport. Easy to get around. They got the little shuttles around, but they have a fantastic sushi place in there. You know, and I like sushi. I don't, I would say sushi is uh, something I like to eat, but I don't get all gaga like pizza. 
But this yeah. sushi place they got in there by the American Airlines thing is first class. It, for as terrible as a place it is to go into Detroit, no offense to any Detroit people listening, their airport's very good. Very nice, redone, brand new. I like Detroit. I have not been to the redone airport. It's been a while since I flew uh, into or through Detroit. I used to fly through it uh, constantly when I was at Notre Dame. And at that time, it was the worst airport in the country. Um, no. But if it's new and redone, then I'm, I'll take Very the nice. airport. Okay. All right. Okay. My number two. Number two. My number two. Easy one. Tampa, where you are. I like Tampa's airport. And the reasons why. So you can stay in the airport. You can literally park your car and walk into the, the – I just did this a few weeks ago. You walk right into the airport, go to your gate. You don't have to worry about all the nonsense. It's got it's got um, um, fantastic restaurants in it as well. One of my favorites, P.F. Chang's, is right there. I've been to that one many times. <laughs> Tampa, I like. It's easy to get around, easy to get your rental car. Tampa is number two for me. Yeah, I like Tampa. Uh, I didn't have it on my list. Um well, well, this next one, interesting to see what our producer will have uh, an opinion, I'm sure. Uh, Reagan National. Um, I like the uh, D.C. Uh, as you fly in, you're coming in through all of the uh, you see all the monuments and, and the scenery and, and things like that. You uh, occasionally will, you know, fly with a senator or a congressman or things like that. So you can you can share all of your political opinions. Oh um, come on, Chris! <laughs> you wouldn't talk to any of those people in a million years. You'd have to start no, a conversation with somebody. No, they wouldn't talk to me. Yeah, 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 that too. That's that's baloney. I like to come in. I don't like Reagan at all. I thought that the one I've only been through it a couple of times. The one time they made like go out of security, back into security, pain in the butt. I, I thought it was terrible. That's why I try and avoid it at all costs. Uh, so I think that's a terrible choice. All right, my number one. You want to do your number one? Go ahead, dude. You can go for it. My number one, DFW, Dallas, mm. baby. That's a fantastic <laughs> airport. The food is next level. For the most part, pretty easy to get around, but it's big. It's big, but it, you can get anywhere you need to. I like it. This is why I like it. When I'm going West Coast, it's about halfway. I can go, you know, go about two hours, get off, another two hours to the West Coast. I like that part. I like where it's located. I like it's big, and we go. We can transfer through there anywhere we're going. Really good, really some really good barbecue places in there. Uh, it's clean, it's nice, it's big. DFW, number one for me. Well, I went with Dallas as well, but I want Dallas Love. Love mm. Field. Um, you know, the Southwest Hub. Uh, it's been redone. Um, I don't know. Have you been in it, Matt? It is uh, really nice. Convenient. Easy to get in, easy to get out. Um, again, all local food. In fact, they've got a Campisi's in there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they got great pizza. They've, they, they've got Whataburger. They've got, you know, all your all your Texas stuff in there. Um, and again, really very convenient, easy to get to, obviously, very close to SMU. So that makes it even nicer. So that would be my number one. All right. So our five, here we go. Charlotte, Las Vegas, Detroit, Tampa, DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth, yours. Orlando, Denver, Austin, Reagan and Dallas Love. Mm, good ones. Um, I noticed neither one of us put Atlanta in there or Chicago. Yeah, Atlanta's too. Yeah, no, Chicago for two. me is, is the one I don't. I, I avoid flying through Chicago anytime I can. 
And I'm the same with Atlanta. I, I'd rather not. Atlanta is convenient if you're going international, I guess. But man, it's a pain in the butt. I mean, coming back yeah. through there through yeah, uh, is. customs is awful. But they do have good restaurants. They Atlanta has great restaurants. But anyway, all right, let's go on, Chris. Okay, big games for the week. We got uh, the Big Ten, Penn State. We talked about. They've got Purdue in Indiana. Uh, Purdue also has Ohio State, so those are good matchups. Um, in the Pac-12, Oregon, Oregon State, who we talked about playing USC and UCLA, so maybe a little bit of a uh, an idea what's going on out there after that. After that happens, West Virginia, TCU, we discussed Baylor, Texas. Um, the matchups in in the SEC are are interesting. South Carolina, Georgia popped out to me. But a lot of the uh, bottom teams are playing the top teams in, in the SEC this week. Um, Wake and Duke, North, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia and Notre Dame, Memphis, South Florida. Tell us a little bit about the AAC and, and Harvard and Brown maybe in a, in a title decider for, for the Ivy. Yeah, big, big, big games. The Harvard-Brown game I'm really interested in. I mean, Harvard has been rolling, but Brown's yeah. a, good, a good team. Yeah, that'll yeah. uh, be very good. What, All right, Chris. Uh, what, and what do the Rebels have? Rebels have the Vanderbilt Commodores Sunday at noon, early kickoff uh, on, uh, I think it's an ESPNU, actually, or SEC Network, one of those two. A national TV game here. Um, so excited about that. Get back to it. But it's nice to kind of have a full week before our next game, which is, is, is handy for sure at this time of year. And you guys yeah. – SMU? We do the same thing. We 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 play uh Sunday, so fortunately we'll have time to get back to Dallas at some point. That's <laughs> draining in, but uh yeah. Uh we play Sunday at Cincinnati, which is historically a you know a difficult place to play. Um turf against mm. a team that is uh they play hard, you know, yeah. they play hard and, and and they make it difficult for you. So that's a challenge, but we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Been a great show. Thanks, Brian, for coming on. Thanks, Cece. She was great. Um, enjoyed doing it. Chris, for uh, Monday, October 11th, college soccer is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.